Good morning. It's seven minutes after the hour, and we've got a a really full program tonight because or today uh, because we have uh, Jennifer Bukowski. She'll be on at ten thirty. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, Chauvin and uh, his uh, well stabbing the attempted murder of Derek Chauvin. He is the police officer uh, that uh, got in trouble for allegedly murdering. Well, I guess I can't say alleging, uh, can I, Brian? They they did find him guilty. They did, yes. So I have to I have to say I wasn't in the courtroom, though I did watch a lot of it. Um, and I have a real deep and abiding suspicion that this this guy was in trouble physically uh, long before he met Derek Chauvin. Um, but anyway, we'll 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 talk to her about that uh, because she's been following that and saw a, a recent movie on the whole event up there. So we'll kick that around with her. That starts at ten thirty. Uh, then we've got uh, Senator Bill Eigel. He's going to be with us this morning. He is introducing legislation, as I understand it, to get rid of the uh, the uh, personal property tax. This has been like his mission. And while it seems a bit, uh, well, just driven, um, it, it's like it's the, the it's, if there's one thing he can accomplish, he wants to. Definitely get rid of that thing. And you know what? <laughs> I'm in his corner. I, uh, I, I desperately would like to see that damn thing go away. Uh, then uh, coming up, the end of the week, uh, in Kansas City, it's Mecham Auto Auctions. If you're into cars, this is the best auction uh, on TV. Because the guys that uh, present the cars all have personality. Uh, Bill Stevens, an old radio guy, and he's one of the hosts. He's going to be with us uh, a little later this morning as well. I was looking at some of the cars there, Brian, and I am telling you. Oh, I know. Every time I come across that on TV, I can't stop watching. Yeah. It's addicting. It's like, oh, my. Where has that thing been all my life? (laughs) In somebody else's garage. Yes. (laughs) That's a sad thing. Anyway, the auction goes from December 30th. I'm sorry, November 30th to December 2nd. Uh, and I mean, they've got uh, a, a 1970 Dodge Charger. They've got uh, Corvettes, Camaros, uh, all kinds of muscle cars, Mustangs, um, and they have uh, really current muscle cars as well. It's it's a it's a really neat collection, and I've been going through it and drooling over these. And I got to tell you, if you can get in, and you can, you can. I mean, it's what is it, an hour and a half, two hours, and you're in Kansas City. Um. The earlier you get in, like uh, uh, if it starts on a Thursday, when does it start? It starts November 30th. You want to get there on the 30th because that's when the best deals can be had. Every time I watch this auction, I think to myself, why did I go buy a new car? Why didn't I just take that money and go to this auction and buy something? There are some really cool cars. Because the car that you purchased would sit in your garage. You would be afraid to take it out. It's like, oh, no, if it rains, I'll destroy the vehicle. Well, that's the beauty of getting there in the first two days. Those cars are not um, that expensive. I, I'm no, they're not. This- but I, what I was saying is that if you buy a collector's item like one of those cars that they auction, you wouldn't want to drive it around all the time. Oh, I would. Oh, well, you would want to. No, but I would. would. you? No, I would. You would. 
I don't see the value. And you have to restore it again. <laughs> I don't. Well, I don't see the value in spending that you know a lot of money on a car that you can't drive. Um, and a lot, a lot of, people of people do, do that. It. Yeah, they, they build these trailer queens, and they just sit in their garage and they show them off like it's a yep. giant paperweight. No, 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 no. <laughs> I bought this thing. I'm going to drive it. You're going to see me cruising it. Well, I had that '76 Eldorado. Yep. Uh, and uh, that car was just beautiful, convertible. Um, I drove it uh, constantly. I loved driving it. I know the guy that did the body work on it too. You, you mean you know the company? Yeah, yeah, and the guy too. Uh -huh. Do you? Yeah. Uh, uh, who? <laughs> it's our pals next door, Perry, Perry Legend. Legend. Uh huh. Perry Legend Auto Repair. I brought this uh, this '76 uh, Eldorado in there, and it was uh, it was a pig. <laughs> it was really it was awful. The heater um, didn't even work. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Remind me, Brian. That's a story for another day. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, I brought it over to Perry Legend Auto Repair. And this is like a free endorsement for them. Uh, but I'm telling you right now, they did outstanding work. They tore that thing down to the bare metal uh, and put it together right and put this dark red metallic on it. Oh, with a white top. It was fabulous. All right, that's not what you're here for. That'll happen about an hour from now. We'll talk about that with Bill Stevens. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Disney apparently is uh, financially suffering. Uh, it's in a, Jonathan Turley uh, posted, he said, Disney acknowledges in recent filings that its controversial political and social agenda is costing the company and shareholders. The company is concerned that invisible hand of Adam Smith is effectively giving the house of the mouse the middle finger. Well, this is, this is interesting. You know, I don't want to see anybody lose their job. That's not my point. I, I hate to see that happen. But I think this, you know, this nonsense they're shoving down our throats at every turn uh, about transgenders and all that nonsense, uh, it, it's got to be stopped. It's an illness. It's a sickness. That, and I'm not just talking about transgenderism. I'm talking about the way they keep pushing this. Uh, it's unfair, especially to women. Now, I'm sure none of the guys in the gym care if a female uh, walks into the gym and strips down. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, we'd all be all right with that. But I would think, on the other hand, women might not be quite so comfortable uh, with a guy walking in uh, and stripping down uh, and changing clothes in the gym, uh, in, in the locker room. Uh, so it's unfair to women. In fact, there's a story right now. Transgender woman shatters records, sparks fairness debate in women's powerlifting. A trans woman has made the headlines by obliterating another powerlifting title in the women's competition. But now an ambassador for women's powerlifting has hit back at the champion, calling it unfair. Eventually, you know, this, this sort of woke crap has got to be stopped. Uh, and, I, and as I've pointed out in the past, it's women uh, on that front that have to do the fighting. But this is a lesson. You know, the, the, you always hear from the, you know, like the transgender community has decided to uh, just never go into the state of Florida again. Uh, we're, we're boycotting the state of Florida. And not much really happens. 
It just doesn't really affect that many people in Florida. It doesn't. It, 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 there just aren't enough people who give a rodent's rectum. But when uh, when a company goes woke and they and they engage in this kind of stupidity, they do suffer. And if I were a corporate uh, executive uh, and I was looking at which side to placate, I would definitely not pick the transgender side. I would definitely not pick the stupid side. Because all you have to do is look what happened to Target and Anheuser-Busch and Disney. Those, uh, th- those uh, impacts are solidly felt. Those companies are suffering the consequences. And, uh, and that's good because I think it saves other companies from making the same mistake and helps to stop this nonsense before it, uh, it goes any further. It really is just, you know, it's promoting stupidity. That's what it's doing. It's, it's promoting stupidity. 874-9390-800-529-5572. On the brink of collapse, 12 states with the highest debt in America. Coming up, Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. It's 19 minutes after 9 o'clock. Glad to have you with us. Uh, 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572. The states with the highest debt in America. I don't know. It it seems like there's something, and I can't put my finger on it, Brian. It just seems like there's there's something they have in common. Uh, Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Massachusetts is number one. Uh, Then Connecticut uh, is number two. Rhode Island is number three. Um... Alaska, I'm not sure how that fits in there. It doesn't. It seems like an outlier. Uh, New York is number five. New Jersey is number six. Are you? What is the? What is the pattern here, Brian? Hmm, I'm trying to put my finger on it. Hawaii I, is number seven. Okay. Oh boy. Uh, hmm. Vermont number nine. Illinois uh, number ten. Maryland number eleven. Delaware. I, number I, I just can't. I uh, you know. Can't quite put your finger on no, it. No, huh? I can't. Uh-uh. <laughs> <sighs> I am just blue because I can't figure out what it is. Uh, oh, wait a minute. That's it. Yeah. Finally. Oh, blue states. You're brilliant. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. It's blue states. Oh, yeah. I, I guess I understand that now. Oh, the insanity of it all. Uh, we've got... Um, well, we did the Disney thing. It, it, um, they, they just don't wake up. Um, eventually, though, I think uh, this, the boycotting and the banning of this uh, woke ideology is going to make a big difference. On yesterday's program, I thought I'd heard a news blurb that, that I, and I, frankly, I couldn't believe it. I thought, no, there's, there's something wrong here. I, I'm not getting this. I didn't hear it. It was literally it was over a newscast. But it turns out that I did hear it right. Elizabeth Warren wants the government to investigate America's sandwich shop monopoly. <laughs> the owner of Jimmy John's and Arby's bought Subway and she's concerned. It, 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 it keeps me up all night long worrying about that. It, it, it's like, oh, my God, they're going to have a monopoly on sandwiches. 
they're going to be trying to make as much bread as they can so they can make bread for sale. It, it gets confusing. Subway might not be the only one that's freshly baked. Senator Warren thinks the government should investigate America's alleged sandwich shop monopoly. We don't need another private equity deal that could lead to higher food prices for consumers. She's uh, responding to a Politico piece uh, reporting the Federal Trade Commission is probing the private equity firm uh, Rourke uh, Capital's $10 billion acquisition of Subway. Well, if that won't keep you up late at night, I don't know what will. Rourke uh, already owns um, Arby's, Jimmy John's, McAllister's, uh, Deli, Schlotsky's. Uh, Warren said that adding Subway to that list would create a sandwich shop monopoly. Oh, my God. We can't have that. How could we survive that? The insanity of being concerned. You know, it doesn't matter if they own them all. This is what the left don't understand about economics. It doesn't matter if they own them all. If If they abuse their customer base, somebody will compete with them. If they start raising prices, lowering quality, someone will say, well, I can do better than that. And the next thing you know it, you've got competition. So they have to constantly, constantly fight to keep prices down, quality up. The only time this doesn't apply, the only time this rule about monopolies doesn't apply, is when the government protects the monopoly i.e. the old phone company, public schools, uh, all of that stuff, because they don't have to do better. If the government says you can't compete with them, they have no reason to do better. They just get to do whatever they want. I I don't think there's a a great danger that uh, this company buying out uh, a sub a subway is going to uh, really destroy anybody's life. Uh, let's see, uh, Roger. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Jerry. I don't think Elizabeth Warren realizes that most of these restaurants are franchises. So, say Columbia has Jimmy John's, Arby's, Subway, uh, whatever. They're all independent owners. The same people do not own all those outlets, and they're all going to stay in competition with each other. It's it's just a matter of how that system works with food rent with restaurants. Is uh, they're largely franchised. How is it the most economically ignorant people write legislation and pursue the prosecution of the marketplace? It's like the automobile industry. You got you got all these stupid uh, bureaucrats legislating what engineers should do when they're not engineers, and you got these people who don't understand economics dictating how the marketplace should work. It's insane. That's that's easy. I'll answer your question, Gary. You have ignorant voters that don't know anything. Just listen to what the uh, the bile that the uh, particularly the Democrats spew out every day, and. The, the, the voters don't know. They don't realize what these people are doing. They see all these restaurants and think, well, that's all one big conglomerate. And it's not. It's all independent local operators. And they sink a lot of money into buying those franchises. 
Well, exactly. Then they pay something off the top every month to the franchisee. So that gives them incentive to do as much work as they can to improve their product, service, and price. Right. I've I've worked in that franchising business for several years, and it's very competitive. And just because you have the name on the building doesn't mean that's who owns it. It's, It's the local people that own it. Absolutely. Roger, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. So, Brian, you can rest easy. I don't think Subway is going to crush the economy. Good, good, good. I I was kind of worried about it. Yeah, I kind of thought you might be. Uh, Let's see, what else do we have? Uh, It's where I buy all my weapons, too. You you what? It's where I buy all my weapons, too. At Subway, Subway. yeah. You know, when I go out at night, you never know who I'm going to be accosted by. And if I have a good, you know, stiff club sandwich to defend myself, then... But, but then you're, yeah, yep, especially if you're in Chicago in the middle yes, of the night. uh-huh. Then you can beat guys up that are four times your size. Oh, Lord. Uh, we'll, we'll chat about this uh, a little later when uh, Bill Stevens is on. But the National Transportation Safety Board has recommended that all new automobiles come equipped with technology meant to make speeding difficult or impossible. Yeah, that's their job. <laughs> oh, and there's there's uh, more battery-powered news, uh, by the way. I don't know if you saw the story, uh, Brian. Uh, fueling EVs really cost $17 per gallon. Oh, but, that has to be fake news. Well, here's what the, here's what they're going to do. They're going to they're going to shoot the messenger here. Uh-huh. Um, it's the Texas Public Policy Foundation. Uh, and they did get some contributions from Exxon and Chevron. And, and that, of course, means that whatever, de- right away, don't look at the details. Don't look at the information. Don't look at the logic. Uh, just shoot them down right away um, and, 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 and ignore all their conclusions. And that's what the left will do. But uh, the actual hidden cost of fueling an electric vehicle, which some say is like $1.21 a gallon, is more like $17 a gallon. Uh, overcharged expectations, unmasking the true cost of electric vehicle. Uh, they argue that uh, the direct cost of fueling up uh, for an EV owner may appear low. The real cost and considerations add up to be significantly more. By the way, driving up the price of every other automobile is this push for the battery-powered cars. Because the government is, you know, shoveling all this tax money at the production and sale of these things, and that costs us uh, with our tax dollars. Nobody includes that when they're looking at how much these things cost. Yeah, but we're changing the weather with this, you see. We're changing the weather with Uh this? Yeah. If enough people purchase electric vehicles, we can change the temperature of the planet. Don't you understand how anything works? Well, I'm, I'm looking at what's going on up north. Yeah? Uh, there's this freezing cold air. Uh, yeah, we talked about this. You know, the heating causes the cooling. You remember that discussion, right? I'll have to get a scientist back on. I know a guy. You know a he, guy? He can explain <laughs> it to you. You can get a guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, it's uh, about 930. We got some news update uh, and uh, some Trump updates, too. Good news if you're a Trump supporter. At least I think so. And good news. This is the Gary Nolan Show.
It is uh, 35 minutes after 9 o'clock. Glad to have you with us. Uh, we have uh, Senator Bill Eigel on. He is not on uh, related to any campaign or any political race. I invite him on because he is a senator uh, here in the state of Missouri. And I'm interested in what he believes. Uh, and uh, so uh, we are pleased to have him with us. Uh, senator, welcome. How are you? Hey, good, Gary. Thanks for having me. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. You bet. Uh, I understand you're you're pushing in the state legislature again to get rid of the personal property tax. What you hate schools? What what's the matter with you? <laughs> no, I just I just honestly don't think that we should pay have to pay rent for the crime of owning a car every December first. I mean, uh, you know, most states have already gotten rid of personal property tax on vehicles because they understand that uh, taxing the public this way uh, is a great way to hammer middle and working income class households. And, and, and I think we need to, we should say up front, the conversation about personal property tax is not a conversation about whether or not we should fund the functions of government that most every Missourian acknowledges that we set, whether it's funded schools, whether it's police, whether it's fire, you name it. It is a conversation about whether or not the charging someone rent for their car on December 1st in the form of a personal property tax is the right way to do it. My answer to that question is no. So we're going to file legislation on this week again in the legislature that is going to submit a constitutional amendment to a vote of the people that will actually require Jefferson City, get this, to reduce spending a little bit so that we can afford to completely eliminate the personal property tax without just having to take the money from somewhere else for Missouri households that are already under more duress with the tax burden than we've ever seen before in the show me state. Well, I admire your tenacity and perseverance because uh, you'll recall I, I managed to get uh, the wording approved to put on the ballot. I just didn't get enough signatures. Uh, COVID hit and it, it knocked us out. But you were fighting back then to get rid of the personal property tax. Now, a lot of politicians will come out and say they want to do something when they're, for instance, if they're running for office or something. But you've been doing this for as long as I've known you. Uh, so I believe yeah. this is your passion, and I wish you the best of luck on getting rid of this. But you're going to have you know, a, you're going to have a fight with the school unions. Yeah, you know there there is uh, always going to be. I, I've never known any government entity to support a reduction in the tax burden. That's just the way uh, it's been for as long as the government has been on the face of the earth. Uh, And I don't expect to have any support from them. Uh, I do expect to have a ton of support, and I have already gotten a ton of support from the actual Missourians that that are going to go down this week, Gary. This week they're going to go down to their county office and ask themselves, hey, why are we continuing to pay rent on a vehicle that we're supposed to own? We already pay sales tax when we buy it. Why are we having to continue to pay rent on something to government in order to fund these services? You know, we, we... We're in a place right now where government's never taken more from us than what they're taking from us right now in this state. In fact, we are spending twice as much per person in Missouri as other big red states like Florida. Twice as much per person. And you can't tell me that Missouri has a more elderly population than a state like Florida. So the problem is not that there's not enough sacrifice being done by the taxpayer to fund all these important public services like police and fire. The problem is that government doesn't know how to spend the money wisely. And they have so put such a heavy burden on the Missouri taxpayer, the Missouri's stagnating. That's why we're not growing and why states like Texas and Tennessee and Florida are growing. You know what those states don't have? They don't have personal property tax. They don't have income taxes. And so because of that, because of their policies and their Republicans that are making good on the promises that they talk about in campaign season, those states are growing. Missouri ought to be right there with them. We should be a leader in these United States. 
And if we can make these kind of reforms, getting rid of personal property tax, getting rid of income tax, we will be the leader in these United States. What was I reading somewhere? I was reading, and I think it was today that I was reading about this, uh, that uh, states without an income tax are supposedly, uh, they're, they're supposedly struggling uh, to pay their bills. And then I looked at the top uh, 10 states that are in debt, and they're all Democrat-controlled, and they all have an income tax. Well, you know, they, we, we talk about metrics. Like, what, what metrics can we look at uh, that would really indicate whether or not a state are, is, is doing well or not? And in my mind, the metric we ought to be focusing on is population growth. I mean, I, when I w- we used to run a small business before I was in politics, I used to say that in, in the realm of business, if you have sales, everything else can be fixed, right? If you have a product or service that people want to buy and we're willing to spend money for, then everything else can be fixed. Well, in geopolitics, I, I've, I've changed that that uh, with population growth, every everything else can be fixed. I mean, look at the areas of Missouri right now that are doing the best. There are also the areas like St. Charles County, where I'm at, that are growing, where people are bringing innovation and energy and investment to areas uh, that they didn't have before. And on a broader level, the same thing is true of the states that are growing the fastest and attracting new populations to come to within their borders, invest and raise families. And that's not Missouri right now. People aren't moving to Missouri. They're moving to Texas. They're moving to Florida. In fact, to your point, Gary, the states that don't have an income tax of the top 10 fastest growing states, or excuse me, top five fastest growing states in America, three of the top five fastest growing states in America don't have an income tax. Of the top 10, seven of the top 10 fastest growing states don't have an income tax. So the, the, it's not difficult to identify what policies that we need to adopt in order to really start growing as a state. The problem that we have is that we have too many Republicans in the state that just love to spend government money. These are the same ones that get all nervous when we talk about eliminating a revenue stream, whether it's personal property tax or it's income taxes. They, they, they always ask themselves, they, they start asking the public, what are we going to do to fund government? I'm tired of asking. We, we have so overfunded. I'm not worried about government. I'm worried about the Missouri taxpayer. Let's give them a break. You know, uh, Rex Singfeld uh, co-wrote a book uh, called The Wealth of States, and he compared us to Tennessee, uh, two states that that are next to one another. Tennessee doesn't tax income. I think they've got a capital gains tax, but but no income tax. They've got, you know, they're not... uh, uh, the part of the I-70 stretch where all, uh, you know, everybody that's uh, shipping goods go through, uh, they're they're doing better than us. Yeah, uh, you know, they, they don't have an income tax and they don't have personal property tax. So, so, uh, so if, and I'm pretty sure that Tennessee has, has funded police departments, Tennessee has funded schools, Tennessee has, has funded fire departments, but they have found a way to do so uh, that is, one, less of a burden on the population in the first place. And two, they don't get caught up in these bad forms of taxation that really hurt an economy, whether it's income taxes and personal property taxes. And so even though that the demographics of Tennessee are very similar to Missouri, they're doing much better. In fact, uh, if you travel down to a place like Nashville, their capital city, Nashville is overwhelmed with growth. I mean, you drive through downtown Nashville, there's there's construction cranes everywhere to accommodate all the growth. Compare that to the city of St. Louis. 
I mean, look at the uh, disaster that continues to unfold every single day in the city of St. Louis. And where are all the Republicans out of Jefferson City that ought to be making good on the campaign promises that they talk about every two years, but never really make good on? We have more than doubled the size of government in Jefferson City just in the past seven years of having two Republican governors. When are we going to start actually being the Republicans we promised to be in campaign season? That's a real problem with the state, and that's why so few people trust politicians. I'm hated in Jefferson City because I'm willing to say these quiet things out loud. And we have to, if we want Missouri to start really growing again, take its place as a leader in these United States. Senator Bill Eigel with us. A message uh, from GaryNolan.com. Doug says, here's my beef with the property tax. The state of Missouri brought in over a billion dollars in sales tax this year alone on the sale of cannabis. Why is this money not used to offset the personal property tax. For that matter, where's the revenue going? So, uh, two great questions. First, to make matters even worse, not just the revenue growth that we saw as a result of the cannabis industry, but the revenue growth overall in Jefferson City. Overall, just revenue growth, general revenue growth, was more than $2 billion last year. $2 billion, just a new revenue growth. To put that in perspective, The value of every personal property tax bill of every citizen and every business and every county of the state, every county of the state is $1.7 billion. So if we would have just taken the growth that we saw in Jefferson City and applied it towards getting rid of personal property tax, we could have gotten rid of every personal property tax bill in the state and still had $300 million left over. So to his second question, what did we do with the money? We wasted it. Governor Parson passed $10 billion of new decision items and pork barrel spending in this year's budget. $10 billion. And what did we get for that $10 billion? We got a meat laboratory in the state of Missouri that's going to produce synthetic meat. We got tens of millions of dollars for stadium upgrades for private professional sports teams in St. Louis and Kansas City. We got a a walking, a, a concrete overpass walking park Built, it's going to be built over the top of Kansas City, over the top of, excuse me, I-70 in Kansas City for $26 million. Billions upon billions of wasteful spending. I refer to Carson's budget as making earmarks great again. So it must feel awful. I mean, right now, if we would have done what we should have done, get rid of personal property tax and not waste all that money, then this week, no one in this state would have had to go down and pay personal property tax bills. No one. We had enough money, but we didn't do that. And that's why people hate the politicians in Jefferson City, because they just talk about fixing all these things in campaign season. And then they go right back to supporting the status quo in Jefferson City on January 1st. Senator Igo, let me roll back the clock here. You, you said that we are using tax dollars to promote uh, a, 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 an artificial meat. Is that is that? Uh, yes, we're building a, a meat laboratory. And I believe it's in Phelps County, uh, and it's going to produce synthetic meat. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Wait. <laughs> we got all these ranchers in the state of yes. Missouri, and we're going yes. to fund synthetic meat with tax dollars? This is why I laugh. Like, so, But when you look at some of the swamp uh, uh, organizations down in Jefferson City, take, take the Missouri Cattlemen's Association, right? Very connected to this issue. They're out there endorsing the Mike Kehoe, uh, endorsing Mike Kehoe for governor when Mike Kehoe and Mike Parson are spending dollars building government-sponsored competitors to their own membership. This is why people hate politics. It's outrageous. And if you go through that budget, I mean, 
I'll give you another one. Uh, there's, there, we spent twelve million dollars on a on a read on a do, on Dolly Parton's reading program called the Imagination Library, and she, she's going around the state, you know, thanking all the legislators. This is twelve million dollars so that we can send books to individuals under the age of five year old for free around the state of Missouri. Twelve million dollars of taxpayer money, in spite of the fact that almost every area of the state has a publicly funded library where they can go to to get those exact same books. Now, it's not enough that we have a public library system. Now, the, the state is going to pay, if you have a child under five years old, to get a free book in your house. This is the kind of money we waste down in Jefferson City, and the budget is stock full of these things. Mike Parson and Mike Kehoe have grown government spending more in their seven years of being in charge of this state than all the Democratic governors combined going back to the founding of Missouri. That's how far we've gotten away from being fiscal conservatives in this state. And if we don't turn this around, then we're going to continue to fall behind the other big red states that are eating our lunch. Senator Eigel, I have to let you go because you've really just depressed the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can take another uh, big spending uh, government uh, action from Jeff City. Well, I uh, I hope that uh, your bill gets some support. I don't know why it wouldn't. Uh, getting rid of the personal property tax encourages in-state car sales uh, and and uh, you know, boats, motorcycles. Uh, it just it just doesn't make sense to tax something you already own. Senator, thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a great morning. I'll look forward to talking again real soon. All right. Take care. Bill Eigel, Senator Bill Eigel on the Gary Nolan Show. We're <laughs> financing competition for the ranchers who have been in this state forever. How crazy is that? Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. It's uh, 54 minutes after 9 o'clock. Glad to have you with us. Uh, if you're into cars, muscle cars, cars from the 60s, the 50s, uh, and even uh, current uh, cars like uh, uh Ferraris and uh, C8 Corvettes, etc. Uh, Meekum Auto Auctions is coming to Missouri. They'll be in Kansas City uh, in just a couple of days. Uh, Bill Stevens uh, is a friend of mine. He's uh, been on the show in the past. Uh, he's going to be with us at 10.05. We'll talk a little bit about uh, some of these cars. I've been looking at their website at Meekum Auto Auctions, and there are some really fabulous cars there. Um, if, and if you can get there early in the show... You can walk away with some really good deals. We'll go over that with him, uh, and we'll also talk about the uh, government uh, trying to uh, put speed limiters. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be exactly a governor or what it is, but they want to put it, uh, these cars are just too fast for them. Yeah, they have to. Yeah, because you're, you're too stupid. stupid. Yeah. Well, you know, a couple of accidents, and right away, we got to just punish everybody. Anyway, we'll get into that with him, and uh, let me give you some good news. If you're a Trump fan, major Trump donors, according to ABC News, who soured on him after 2020 and January 6th, now insist he's their best choice. Uh, Trump and his allies are ramping up high-dollar fundraising efforts with less than two months ago to the Iowa caucus... Uh, the Republican uh, uh, primary, if there, is, if it's if you want to call it that, and several major donors are showing signs of returning to the former president, including ones who once called on him to exit the race. Some observers say changing the view of big financial backers 
shows a recognition that because Republican voters are sticking with Trump amid his continued controversy and legal troubles, he remains a very real contender for the White House. He is battling a slew of criminal charges, all of which he denies, but remains the front runner in polling. At the same time, anti-Trump Republican donors have spent millions while scrambling to coalesce behind an alternative candidate to take on the former president. So if you're a Trump fan, this is good news. Uh, the big money is starting to swing in his direction. Um, and once again, I would prefer him over any Democrat. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I keep getting these messages that I'm anti-Trump. I am not anti-Trump. Yeah, anti now the one just came in right now. Did it? Yeah. yeah naturally. Um, but I'm not anti-Trump. I think there are better people for the job. I think there are better parties, political parties, that could do more to save the republic. But if it comes down to those two, if those two, if it was Biden and Trump on the ballot and that was it, I would pull for Donald Trump. And I, and I don't even think he's really a diehard Republican. But I think the Democrats have so peed him off that, um, <laughs> that I think he's going to be more Republican. We'll see. Uh, 874-9390-800-529-5572. It turns out that the Democrats have lost a major city to the Republicans. Um, Guy's name is uh, Cogswell. He's a state representative. Uh, The first Republican mayor of Charleston, South Carolina, since 1877. You know, I, I think... The abortion thing is is not going to be as powerful this time around as it was in the midterms. I think it's losing steam to a certain extent. It still uh, it, it still could affect local races and state races, uh, and perhaps it's it's more effective in states where it's undecided. But the Democrats have done such a horrible job. At pretty much everything, that it looks like the pendulum is going to swing back the other way. And I talked about this uh, for the last couple of months. I brought it up several times that we're seeing more and more Democrats abandon the Democrat Party and become Republicans. And we're seeing some interesting results in some local races where Democrats are not faring anywhere as well as they thought they would. And as far as uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden are concerned, it appears that the youth vote is leaning more toward Joe, uh, uh, Donald Trump than Joe Biden. We're seeing enormous numbers of minorities leaning toward Donald Trump and leaving Joe Biden. Could be a good sign for the Trump people. All right, Mika Auto Auctions next on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show 